as we continue this series, you're going to see people in broken moments writing the most beautiful things that are part of our culture and the holiday season, which is so much bigger than tinsels and lights. It truly is Jesus wrapped in flesh who is so near to us in our moments of darkness and sadness. He's right there. Welcome to More Than Small Talk, where Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real-life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. More Than Small Talk friends, we're doing a series on the stories behind our favorite Christmas carols. At the start of each of these four episodes, you'll hear a clip of the carol then a story read by our lovely producer, Kara Culver. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still... When Phillips Brooks, a rising young preacher and staunch abolitionist, was asked to give the funeral address for President Abraham Lincoln, He must have been daunted by the task, ensured that his eloquent eulogy would be the most famous lines he would ever pen. He was wrong. Shortly afterward, exhausted from years of war and longing for rest, he took a sabbatical from preaching to visit the Holy Land, hoping to find peace. There, as he visited still insignificant Bethlehem and looked out at the landscape at night, the lines for a poem jumped to his mind. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, a silent star goes by. Several years later, he came back to the poem and completed it. His organist, Louis Redner, added the music. It was first performed by the children's choir in his church, and very quickly, the verse was included in hymnals as a seasonal favorite. But one child, who wasn't yet born, would find special meaning in Brooke's song. Helen Keller, the famous educator who was born blind and deaf, met Brooks years later. He was the one who explained the gospel to her for the first time. Through her teacher and translator, Anne Sullivan, she told Brooks, I've always known there was a God, but until now, I've never known his name. The carol's third verse, though written years before Brooks had met Keller, captures perfectly the joy of salvation arriving to a deaf and blind child whose ears could not hear his coming, but whose heart had long recognized his presence. How silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. This story is from the article, Four Beloved Christmas Carols and the True Stories Behind Them, posted by Crosswalk.com. A link to the article will be posted in the show notes. I loved whenever you brought this up, Holly, as a possible series. I love that we can find the unexpected. And so today's confession question is this. Bethlehem was a small town where no one expected anything miraculous to happen. And yet that's exactly where Jesus showed up. So where's an ordinary place in your life? Listeners, this is for you too. Where's an ordinary place in your life where you've seen Jesus 
show up lately? I think it it's not in the big moments. It's been in the little things that I think over the years I took for granted. The family, connection, laughter, filling the room. When you go through hardship or loss or any kind of ups and downs, you'll on the other side of that, or even in the midst of it, those moments of just normal, just normal togetherness. Um, recently, just even during Thanksgiving, just laughter. And my family's gone through so much um, recently, but just laughter and joy in the room and everybody just eating together and laughing. I just saw God in that and just thought, man, he's so big in this small moment is it's really a big deal to me it was precious what about you holly i would say my grandkids yeah (laughs) they're really fun ages eula's five and clem is two and especially clem every time he sees me he just goes nana and like (laughs) you know throws his arms open wide and is just thrilled even if like we were together in Texas for Thanksgiving last week, and we'd drive from one location to the next. And it'd be like five minutes since he's seen me. And he's still, every time, Nana, you know? I and uh, I think that as grownups, we're not as good at delight. Mm. We're a little more jaded, you know? Though it's easy to be like, been there, done that, seen you a thousand times before. Yeah. And so the idea that God delights in us, yeah, you know, that one of the reasons he came to that little town of Bethlehem is he wasn't just obligated to do it. He didn't have to, but he actually somehow inexplicably delights in us. Yeah. I think that has been a good reminder to me through my little grandkids lately. Mm. Yeah. Hey friends, have you ever been in a place where you want to talk to God and yet the words are hard to find? My new book, Prayer Starters, Talking with God About Hard Times, will help you do just that. Whether you're reaching for God at 3 a.m. or in your quiet time in the early morning of the day, you can find Prayer Starters on any online distributor or at my website at SuzanneEller.com now. Let's get back to our conversation. You know, I, I, I think that if there's one thing the pandemic taught me is that the stripped down version of life is the best version. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. You know, like all of the things, all of the big things. I mean, they're awesome. I, I'm an adventurer. I love big things. That all of the things that are shiny, all of the things that hold our attention for a moment, that really what matters is what we're talking about right now is that person in front of us, that cry of a grandchild who says, Nana, Mm -hmm. you know, so excited to see you because you're his whole world. Not too long ago, um, we got together. And when I walked into the house, Holly, you pulled me into a hug that lasted probably three minutes. Mm. I found Jesus in that moment. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, I don't know if you've always been a good hugger or if that's a new development, but you're good at it. Mm. (laughs) And like 
I found Jesus in that moment. And so this is something later in life for me. Um, I have found Jesus in the arms, in the words, in the actions, in the showing up of other women in my life. Mm -hmm. And they have truly been the hands and feet of Jesus. And you know what it's made me want to do? It's made me want to do the same for others on a pretty significant level. Even though those might be small things, they're still significant. We love you, Suze. Yes. And I hugged you like that because I know your love language is touch. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And and for all of you out there who's like hugging is your anti-love language, we love you too. Just tell us what you And I won't hug you for three minutes. (laughs) Yeah. But I love this story on so many different levels because it actually... You know, it starts in a place where a person could be completely disillusioned by the world because of what was going on and the unfairness and the injustice. And somehow in the midst of that saw the beauty of God. And then later, a young woman who could have absolutely been disillusioned by the hand she'd been given in life found God in the midst of that. I mean, there's there's that's a powerful message. Yeah, I think what I love about the series and I love about um, learning the behind the scenes moment of when these were written and what was going on in these people's life. It just feels like that's what we need right now. Yeah. is to hear that these people are in the trenches and tired mm-hmm. and taking a break and a sabbatical and all of these things. Um, as we continue this series, you're going to see people in broken moments, writing the most beautiful things that we're still singing um, and reading today that are part of our culture and the holiday season, which is so much bigger than tinsels and lights. It truly is Jesus wrapped in flesh. He was so near to us in our moments of darkness and sadness. He's right there. Yeah, that's good. And I love this a little town of Bethlehem. So if we had said Jesus is coming to the studio today, like physically going to be here. Yeah. We would have like worked our tails off. Like something fancy would be happening. We would be decorating. We would be bringing all this fancy food. I don't know what all we would do, but this is a reminder that God didn't do it that way. Like he didn't send Jesus to a throne. He didn't send him to a palace. He didn't send him to Martha Stewart. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he sent him to a little town in a tiny manger in that town where no one even knew for quite a while that the Messiah had come. Like no one took a selfie. No one posted it to Instagram. There wasn't a reel. And I think that's reassuring to me that I can get so caught up in somehow there has to be some big production. Yeah. And that's not the way God did this. He said, that's not the purpose. Yeah. I'm coming into this world for love and I'm coming to a humble place that's totally unexpected and unnoticed. Yeah. And not what we would probably choose if we were put in charge of the, you know, big Christmas event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't you think that mm. there is a returning and a longing of returning to simple faith? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel that. 
I think we've overcomplicated it. And so I think that I, that's part of the reason why I love what we're doing through this series is it's just taking us back to the why and the yeah. reason these songs were written. Yeah. Well, when I look at Christmas, I don't have a tree up. This is I very don't either. This, <laughs> this is very, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> Kara, do you have a tree up? Yeah, but it's a tiny one. Okay. <laughs> so because of just life, you know, everything that is still in boxes, it's still put away. And I said this the other day to someone close to me. I said, I, I'm not going to find Christmas this year in all the things I normally do. Mm. I think I'm going to find it in the simple, in the simple moments mm -hmm. when I wake up in the morning and I cry out his name. I think I'm going to find it in ways that are not shiny um, and honestly is what I need. It's what I long for. And if you're, again, if you're shiny, if you have, please invite me to your house. Let me enjoy the beautiful hospitality that you do, the creative genius that God put in your DNA. Let me enjoy that with you. Um, but I just, I want to find Jesus right where I am. And I want Christmas for myself. To be wrapped around that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the message of this song, A Little Town in Bethlehem, that we can find Jesus right where we are in the middle of our everyday lives and the places we least expect. And I think that's a beautiful reminder we all need this time of year. Yeah. Well, I love this last two lines. No ear may hear is coming, but in this world of sin. Where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. And I don't know about you, like I'm knocking, come on in. <laughs> I'm knocking from this side of the door. Like if you're, you're out there, and I know you are, I want to throw open every door and come on in. And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for going deeper, becoming freer, and connecting with us. More Than Small Talk is a part of the KLRC Podcast Network and is produced by Kara Culver. Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.